Hello and welcome to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Efraim Martinez. I am a principal in search of wisdom, and I have found productivity to be a great tool for success. Today, we delve into a story that teaches us profound lessons about personal growth and the power of self-reflection. Today's episode's title is Maslow's Heart Attack and the Principles Self-Care. Together, we will explore the transformative journey of Abraham Maslow and the valuable insights he gained after his heart attack and how those lessons can support the well-being of school leaders. Abraham Maslow was a distinguished psychologist known for his groundbreaking theory called the hierarchy of needs. The theory that I'm going to put here for you, the, the theory suggests that human beings have a set of fundamental needs that must be fulfilled to achieve self-actualization. In the bottom, and remember, this doesn't have to go in the order, you have the physiological needs that are the most basic needs and include things like food, water, and shelter. So think about when students come into the school and they are hungry or they need, um, they are not staying at their home because they came from another country and their parents are stuck back there and they cannot really get used to being a new country, new language, new customs and without their parents and with, this, with the social pressures that all children feel. It's an impossibility to emphasize only in the academics, in the learning of, of language. We have to focus in that area of feeling uh, that they have those basic needs. Think about the teacher. How many teachers have you, have you heard that they are in debt, that they cannot pay their bills, that they have multiple jobs in order to make ends meet? So it is important that as principals that you are aware of these needs that are not only for the students, but also for the teachers. And number two above that is the safety needs that include things like security and protection for harm. So think about the children who are exposed to trauma. And remember, trauma lives in both wealth and poverty. Let me give you two examples. The most basic trauma, a child comes and is picked up from school in a fancy car in a wealthy family and there's a fender bender and there is a injury in the neck and the parent is upset and gets out of the car and argues with the person who hit them. That trauma, it is often not um, deconstructed and the children, the child comes back to school with that feeling of something uh, bad happening and it's never addressed and we tend to ignore it or say that it's not as important. Those are needs that need to be fulfilled in order for us to concentrate in the learning of the student. Think about the teachers that you are serving that are exposed to trauma, going through divorce, um, having a, a, a bad healthy lifestyle, or perhaps uh, their children at home are in trouble. 
right? Uh, we see the, the persona as a teacher in the school, but we must see the soul of each person in order to make sure that we serve them the best way that we can. After that, we have the love and belonging needs that include things like friendship, intimacy, and acceptance. Think about Dostoevsky's quote. It says, what is hell? I maintain that it is the suffering of being unable to love. Think about how many children come to school without the feeling of being loved. And think about the staff who are feeling miserable, perhaps in relationships that are not working properly, uh, in friendships that are not true friendships, that are fake friendships, right? People carry all these crosses and all this weight of pain with them that might not be extrinsically expressed, but definitely intrinsically expressed with passive aggression and just the mood that people are that people sometimes bring to work. Then we have the esteem needs, things like self-respect, confidence, and the respect of others, right? Like many children do not comprehend what is to be self-respected. They do not know that they have to pursue a life of, of finding who they are, of realizing how important they are. How many children have told you, you know, no, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm not smart enough, I'm just not good enough, right? And as educators, we have to make sure that we pursue every single way possible to make children understand on the value of what they have, that there's only one of them in the world. What about the staff that doesn't feel esteem? Every time I hear someone say, no, I'm just a teacher assistant. I am just a guest or a substitute teacher. I am just this. I am just that. It's that they are devaluing themselves because that's how they are thinking about themselves. Principals have to make sure that every single person in the school building feels that they are cherished, that they are valued, that they are important that they contribute to something, that they have a sense of belonging. And finally, what Maslow, what Maslow had on the top of his first uh, hierarchy, and he never invented this triangle, this is something that the publishing houses did, but is the sense of self-actualization. That is the highest level of need and include things like personal growth, creativity, and fulfillment, right? Many children, especially at the elementary level, don't get yet to the self-actualization because that takes time. But it is sad to see that so many adults are lost in thinking. Many of them are stuck in the area of personal growth and they think that they just have achieved a level that they cannot go anymore. People say things like, that's just me. I get like that. When I am hungry, I get mad. That's just me. I am jealous. That's just me. I have all these things that I cannot improve. That is just me. I have this level of health or a level of weight 
or level of intellectual wisdom or level of productivity and they have adapted a persona that says that is just me we had to support our staff for them to realize that there's so much more that every time we climb on top of the mountain there's going to be another mountain to climb and that is okay because that is the purpose of life now maslow's theory highlights the importance of meeting our basic needs before we can pursue higher level goals and aspirations. It teaches us that by addressing our fundamental requirements, we lay the foundation for personal growth and fulfillment. But Maslow's perspective underwent a profound transformation after his first heart attack. But before we continue, Let's praise the Teach Better community. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So Maslow's heart attack became a catalyst for introspection and led him to question the limitations of his theory. He experienced what he called a plateau experience, where he felt a profound sense of peace and connection with something larger than himself. This experience reshaped his thinking and brought forth a new dimension to his hierarchy of needs. So you see that now the triangle has an extra step on top. Maslow realized that self-transcendence, the need to connect with something beyond our individual selves and contribute to the greater good was a crucial step in our journey towards self-actualization. The extra step, the pinnacle of human motivation and fulfillment extended his hierarchy of needs and emphasized the importance of embracing a higher purpose. So think about what is your purpose? Why are you in here? What is your job? So school principles, that purpose has to include the service of others. It has to include the fact that you need to think like a surgeon in the emergency room. Think about a patient that is brought with a suffering, a pain, bleeding, dying. The person who brings perhaps this person is a parent who's bringing a child who's sick, or perhaps it's a son-in-law who is bringing the parent, the father-in-law because of an ailment. You go 100 miles per hour, you enter through the emergency room, and from the security guard to the nurse, to the secretary, to the physicians, everybody has to be calm. Everybody has to be there, attentive to what are the needs, to not take things personal, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much the other person is crying or yelling or like misbehaving 
the purpose of the surgeon, of the physician, of the nurse, of the security guard, of everybody in the emergency room is to be calm, to see what is the best thing that can be done to support this person. So the school principal has to be similar. Every day the school principal goes to the school, there's going to be some fire happening. Some need is going to be happening. And principals cannot be annoyed. Principals have to be 100% there to support people where they're at. Because not everybody is going to be Michael Jordan in the team. Some people are going to be people that are in different positions. People are going to be in the bench. People are going to be in the crowd. And all of them need something for you. And that is the position that you have supported. That, that is the position that you sign up for. You sign up to serve others. So when you get to this level of self-transcendence, Maslow taught us that it is something that is beyond you. It is something of the service of others. Think about great figures like Mahatma Gandhi or Martin Luther King that give everything to the service of others. So in a way, school principals have to do that. You have to give away everything. You have to give away yourself to serve others beyond your own interests. Now, let's explore the difference between Maslow's hierarchy of needs and another influential framework in education that is called the Bloom's Taxonomy. While Maslow's theory focuses on human motivation, and personal growth, Bloom's taxonomy developed by Benjamin Bloom outlines the different levels of cognitive thinking skills. Bloom's taxonomy encompasses a range of cognitive abilities from lower order thinking skills like remembering and understanding to higher order thinking skills such as analyzing, evaluating, and creating. It provides educators with a framework for designing effective learning experiences and promoting critical thinking. The expression then, Maslow before Bloom, reminds us of the importance of addressing our emotional well-being and foundational needs before focusing solely on academic achievements. It emphasizes the personal growth and self-actualization flourish when our psychological needs are met. Aligning with Maslow's belief that we must take care of our internal world to reach our full potential. So when we think about this and we are in school, there are a couple of principles that you must adopt. Never yell at children. So think about that rambocious child who cannot sit, that you have to be telling them a hundred times to sit down, or someone who's just being disrespectful. When you yell at children, right, you are not fulfilling those needs of bloom, and you are certainly not going to meet the needs of, uh, I mean, you're not meeting the needs of Maslow, and you're certainly not going to meet the needs of bloom, right? Yelling at children is almost never the right thing. There are some exceptions. Like, for example, students start fighting or hurting each other, right? You have to make an immediate stop to that. 
But when a teacher or educator is in the classroom and they yell at the students and humiliate them to make a point, all we are doing is repeating the story of perhaps what the student is used to. And that is never conducive to a good thing. We do good things, good things happen. Also, the issue of homework. It is that not every child in both wealth and poverty have a parent at home that is going to sit down with them and go over the homework and discuss what has been learned and help them process what uh, or what is the best way to study, to remember things, to take notes, to make a to-do list, to have an agenda. Often, especially now with social media and phones, like it's often that is not the case. So try to focus on the learning at the school and less at home. And finally, the case against zero, right? When you read that article, it states that when we give students a F, a zero, we are basically cutting them of every, any opportunity for them to realize that they have to improve something and that they have to make it better. And the concept of it is, if an A is 10 points, a B is 10 points, a C is 10 points, a D is 10 points, but an F is 50 points, then why? Why are we doing this to children? Isn't an F that is 10 points the same value? You need 10 points to go from a D to a C, 10 points to go from a C to a B, but you need 50 points to go from a zero to a D. Think about it. When a child goes home and they have to take care of their siblings or they have to go to work or they have to go to the laundromat and wash clothes for the entire family or they're just on their phone the entire day and nobody's telling them to get out their phone. They are not sleeping well. They are not eating well because they depend on what they eat at the school. And you are holding them accountable for something that more often than not is not under their control. So reconsider giving a student a zero because you wouldn't like that from a principal giving you a zero if you have a bad day of teaching. So how can school principals apply the lessons from Maslow's heart attack to better take care of themselves? Well, Principals often face immense responsibility, which can impact their well-being. By prioritizing self-care and creating a supportive environment for themselves, they can model healthy behaviors and enhance their ability to lead effectively. Principals can practice self-reflection, set boundaries, and engage in activities that their physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Regular exercise, mindfulness practices, and seeking support from peers and mentors are essential for self-care. By taking care of themselves, 
principals can bring their best selves to their schools and create a positive under a positive impact on their staff and students. So let's think about frameworks, right? Let me give you the example of Robin Sharma's four interior empires as an example. Robin Sharma is a well-known leadership expert and author who has developed various concepts and frameworks to help individuals reach their full potential. One of his popular concepts is the four interior empires, which focuses on different aspects of personal growth and transformation. These four empires are one, mindset. This empire of mindset revolves around the power of the mind and the importance of developing a positive and growth-oriented mindset. It involves cultivating self-belief, optimism, and the ability to overcome challenges by changing one's thoughts and perception. So think about those people that make you feel like a hundred million bucks. They are always enthusiastic. They're like, hey, how are you, Efraín? So nice to see you. Hey, nice shirt. I saw you in the class. Wow, amazing. When you make people feel like a million bucks, think about how they are going to make the students feel. You have to model what you want to see in your school, principals. Number two, the hard set. This empire emphasizes the role of emotions and cultivating a compassionate and empathetic heart. It involves developing emotional intelligence, nurturing relationships, and living with love, kindness, and empathy towards oneself and others. You see, it's not only about the people that we serve, but also to ourselves. We can be our harshest critics, but still treat ourselves with compassion. Being aware of what is happening or what are our glows and grows, but being kind to ourselves. Saying like, instead of, I'm so dumb, I'm so stupid, because the words that you use matter, okay? Saying, I didn't do well, I'm going to do better next time. Number three, the health set empire. The empire highlights the significance of physical well-being and taking care of one's body. It involves adopting a healthy lifestyle, including regular exercise, proper nutrition, and adequate rest to ensure optimal physical health and energy levels. So, This is a empire that often is ignored. We eat snacks all day long and cookies and brownies are delicious. But what they are doing is they are killing us softly. I used to work in a district that had a healthy uh, uh, food campaign. And I was so annoyed at that time that kids couldn't bring cupcakes to each other during their birthday that we couldn't have donuts for the staff and, and it would emphasize that we had to eat healthy. But then I work in another district that it was all the time, chocolate and brownies and cookies and, and sugar, sugar, sugar. 
And you know what? I gained over 15 pounds and I had to get in a blood pressure medication. So in the short term, very nice. You feel like fantastic eating those. But in the long term, it's bad for you. At the end of the day, when you are in your deathbed, dying of complications, nobody that is giving you those treats is going to be there. Only your loved ones. So please take care of yourself. Eat the best that you can eat. Eat, cook for yourself. Meal prep for the week so you are not ordering processed food and things that are just bad for you. Exercise, walk every day, do strength exercise because that makes your muscles stronger. And as you grow older, think about longevity. As you grow older, it makes your muscles stronger. It makes you less weak or fragile. Avoid that. So uh, you have to suffer less when you're older and you have to, um, uh, the, the, the quote is, Health is the crown that only the sick can see. You want to see health as the crown that you never see. The moment you start seeing the crown of health is because you are sick. So avoid getting there. Number four, soul set. This empire focuses on the spiritual dimension of life and the pursuit of a higher purpose of meaning. It involves connecting with one's inner self, aligning actions with values, practicing mindfulness or meditation, and seeking personal fulfillment and inner peace. You matter, school principals. It's important that you keep that empire very as a sacrosanct place. It is important that you know your spirit that you know how you are feeling and you do something about it. Meditate. When you meditate, you can think about what your mind is thinking. You can get closer to what is that you are going through, so then you can do something about it. According to Robin Sharma, developing and nurture and nurturing these four interior empires leads to a well-rounded and fulfill life, enabling individuals to achieve success and make a positive impact in both personal and professional domains. So listeners and viewers of the show, what can you learn from Maslow's heart attack? You know what? Just a few months after his first heart attack, he had the second heart attack. Boom, he died. He could not continue working on his theory and he had a lot of unfinished projects. Our life is a treasure. It is something that often we take for granted. How many more summer breaks are you going to have? How many more Christmases are you going to celebrate? How many more times are you gonna be able to hug and kiss and love those people that you cherish the most. Please take care of yourself in order to better take care of others. Thank you so much for listening. It is an honor and a pleasure. If you think this episode was worth it, give it a like, 
retweeted, shared, because that helps the project of wisdom and productivity. Peace and calm. Thank you for listening to Wisdom and Productivity, the podcast of Dr. Eparim Martinez. Chulu. And Ella's that production. Chulu out.